this is Gina Versa back again for God. This is the eighth episode of uh, record of uh, recording our uh, comic book show, talking, serving up comics. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm joined by uh, Nick Valero. Nick, how are How's you? Going? Good, good. Enjoying the quarantine. You know, staying at home, watching Netflix. I believe I'm almost close to the black screen where it just goes, "You're done." <laughs> Pretty sure I'm, like, I'm close. So I, yeah, it's like uh, it's like watch another show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I think uh, early, uh, today I was catching up on uh, Lucifer. Mm. Was, uh, exclusive, no? Yeah, but I was rewatching it because um, what is it? On the twenty first, the fifth season comes out. Oh, nice! Is that the last one? Uh, I don't know. They said that they which out. Uh, there were talks that they might be in a sixth season. Okay. So I guess it really depends on how well this does. Yeah, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see. I mean, uh, I, yeah, it's an interesting show from what I've seen. I I I I really like the show. It's really fun. It's a it's yeah. a fun show. Um, I'm really happy that it's technically considered part of the Arrowverse. Yeah, yeah. I guess it. Uh, I think it melded with all the other alternators. Yeah, it was really cool because they even explained like, um, was it when uh, crisis happened? It's technically taking place before Lucifer. Mm-hmm. So uh, before the series happens, that's where Crisis on Infinite Earths is. So that means that even after they all the universes explode and they come back together, this is still one of the multiverses. So still part of the Arrowverse, still everything like that. So I'm super excited. Yeah, and uh, with this recording, we uh, we're using Zoom from all our podcasts, so you get to see Nick, see Nick's room. <laughs> yes, you can see my room. I was cleaning and I was rearranging stuff. So, if you're watching on uh, YouTube, please. Yes, you are watching yeah. on YouTube. You can see that I am a slob, and <laughs> all my stuff well, is everywhere for right now. Well, I'm glad you cleaned it though. I, I, you know what, Gene did me pick up a couple of things and move them around so that way they weren't on camera. But yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what about you, Gene? How you how are you doing during this quarantine? Uh, I'm doing I'm doing okay. You know, uh, constantly uh, just finding new things to read, to watch, um, to play. Been playing a lot of a uh, lot of uh, Ghosts of uh, Shishima. Shishima, yeah, yeah. Uh, what was yeah. it? That's. Uh, I'm, that's that's my next game I'm gonna play. That's my yeah, next that, game. Uh, that's uh, that's been pretty pretty fun, you know. You just be a samurai. Um, you know, it reminds me of like Samurai Jack or uh, a Kurosawa film. It's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what was it? I I've heard a lot of really good things. I watched uh, my brother play it. Yeah. So I mean, I I, I like what I've seen so far. Uh, I just haven't gotten a chance to actually sit down and play it. I'm sure as soon as I play it, I'm gonna through it so oh yeah yeah so there's a lot of side quests um but speaking of uh things things i was reading earlier um i've been catching up on uh strange adventures by tom king in the comic book world that's finally coming out that was uh delayed during the pandemic with a lot of other comics and uh death metal okay by scott snyder and um yeah, you know, I've just been reading, um, you know, I was rereading a lot of my uh, kind of crossovers the last few years, Doomsday Clock and um, Heroes in Crisis, reading random uh, issues on the DC Universe app. 
Yeah, yeah. I I, I see you running through a lot of stuff sometimes. <laughs> so. His, uh... <laughs> so uh, anyone we are. Yeah. Uh, what was it? I I I haven't been reading anything on the DC Universe app lately. I've actually been on my Shonen Jump app. Oh, okay. Uh, I've been reading a lot of manga and uh, catching up on either catching up on anime that I've been watching or going past anime I've been watching or anything like that. So like, uh, what was it like One Piece, um, My Hero Academia? Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it? There's a there's a bunch of different just manga I've just been catching up on or getting into and stuff like that. So that's really fun. I was it? Uh, you know, the filler in a lot of anime kind of, uh, or excuse me, in, mag- in uh, anime or manga, really kind of uh, slows things down, but kind of having nothing to do, do you find it like, oh, man, there's more stuff to read? Well, that's the thing, though, is that there, there's a reason why in anime there are filler. Yeah. So in anime, the reason why you have filler is because we've caught up to the manga. Mm. So in the manga, there is no filler. They, they, they're sticking on story. They, you know, they, they have a story to tell. When you're, when you're doing a show week to week and we got to keep on pumping out shows, once they've caught up to the, to the manga, they have to go, well, damn. Okay, so we have to go on. And, so they try to finish up whatever arc they're on. And then before starting the next arc, they have like a filler arc, which basically is kind of like a creation of its own that very much just kind of like spans off and they go, okay, cool, we'll have... 20 episodes that are all filler yeah. and that'll give the, that'll give the, the writers and the drawers time. So that way they can give us at least halfway through that arc. Mm-hmm. So that way we can then start working on the next arc. So that's the main reason why you get a lot of filler for anime. Yeah. But when you're actually reading it, there's no filler. You're just getting boom, boom, boom. Cool. I'm getting like every so often you get like character episodes, but none of them are really useless. Hmm. I was going to mention the uh, Goku fighting Frieza. For like 20, 20 episodes as a. That's another. That's another thing as well. Like in Dragon Ball Z, uh, what was it like Super? They don't like their fights aren't as long. Like they're probably only like three issues instead of like it being like five episodes. <laughs> yeah. Stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Like right now, I think the there's like they, they have like a giant fight with Moro, who's like the new big bad, and he uses like magic instead of like anything else, and it's going on for like about i think this fight's going on for like six six issues so far mm-hmm. but it's a it's a good fight it's a really good fight so if you haven't seen it or you haven't read it go check it out okay we'll uh, take the word for it but yeah that's uh yeah yeah that's been what we've been reading um so with uh you know we've been kind of resorting to that since a lot no uh new movies or anything have been coming out unfortunately during this pandemic Mm-hmm. And a uh, thing I wanted to talk about with you, Nick, is uh, seems like we're uh, like we're missing out on the Marvel Cinematic Universe this uh, this year. You know, it's like it uh, drifted off. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I mean, they have, but the thing is, is that I feel like this little break that we're in. I mean, I don't think this. I don't think in no way, shape, or form did the MCU think that this break was going to be as long because yeah. they were going to have Black Widow. Coming out, and that was going to give you kind of like your your new taste of Marvel. It's yeah. going to give you like a little more story, and then they had to postpone because of the of the quarantine. Yes, but with this longer break, is I feel that what Disney Plus is going to do is they're going to see how Mulan does. Mm-hmm. 
in the States because they're already releasing Mulan and a couple of their other movies in cinemas across the world. Mm-hmm. Their cinemas have actually started opening, so they're kind of going, okay, cool. We can start you know, releasing our movie. Right. I think they're going to see how uh, black how Mulan does in the states. Is uh, have you heard what Mulan is doing? Uh, yeah, so thirty dollars. Yeah. it's a thirty dollar fee, and then you can rent Mulan for like I think a day. Uh, no, no, no. It's uh, you get to keep it on your Disney Plus account as long as you have. Oh, really? Okay, well that's a lot better than I thought. Yeah. I thought it was like a, I thought it was like a day or two. I was like, at, damn, thirty dollars. At least they give you that. Um, yeah. I'm a little, uh, a little hesitant to, you know, I guess, to to rent that. If I had to watch it by myself, I'd rather split the costs. I mean, this is a, I guess, this is a price for for families, but you know, uh, it just seems a little fickle that they're doing this for thirty dollars since Artemis Fowl was free. They just dumped that on their uh, their servers. For Disney Plus, um, I I do feel that there is this. I I understand why they're going for the thirty dollars. Mm-hmm. Let's just say you go movie ticket. Movie tickets about fifteen twenty bucks, right? Give or take. If you go with on a date, or you go and take your kid, or you take anybody else, while going to this movie, it's going to be somewhere near thirty dollars to go watch mm-hmm. Lon. Uh, let's just say you buy popcorn as well. It's going to go up about 50. Sure. Yeah. Just saying 50, which are you going to buy popcorn, some soda, everything like that. I think that Mulan for $30 is a reasonable price. Reasonable. Yeah. I mean, I mean, especially if you were going to watch it and then if you were like, Oh, that was really good. I'm going to go watch it again. Yeah. See it three more times. Um, yeah. I mean, I certainly could see the, you know, there's an understanding behind it. Uh, I just, I don't really think I could get behind such a price hike during a pandemic, you know? You got to make money, man. Like they they can't just keep giving everything out for free. Cause I honestly do feel that they, they kind of feel like they fucked up with Hamilton. With Hamilton? I do feel like they kind of messed up with that one because I think easily everybody would have bought it for $30. You think so? I easily, easily. There's no way. There's no way that people wouldn't have. It's thirty dollars compared to a thousand dollar ticket. Yeah. Well, uh, was there? What was the uh, plan for Hamilton originally? I'm not as. Uh, it was going to be also a. Uh, what was it? It was going to be coming out in theaters in 2021. Hmm. Well, I, instead they moved it forward and then released it on Disney Plus. Okay. But still, it was watched over, what, millions of times, over and over and over again. All yeah. the, and it's probably still being watched now. <laughs> it's trending. You know, it's uh, pretty, yeah, it's been trending uh, on their, uh, on their uh, streaming app for a while. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, they, they could have seen a loss in profits. Um, I doubt that they would have seen anything, uh, <laughs> their budget back with Artemis Fowl. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there was going to be a large. I, I when 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 you saw it online, no one was like, "Hey, have you seen Artemis Fowl?" <laughs> no, nobody was going out and going like, "Hey, man, Artemis Fowl, that's the movie of the year." No one was doing it. Well, it is the only one of the only movies. It could be. Yeah, but I mean, I I, I really do think that they they saw how much by releasing a movie on you know their streaming platform 
how well it did mm-hmm. testing out how much how many more how many people will actually watch it if we charge an extra you know if we charge this $30 which is technically only two movie tickets you're most likely going to see the movie either once or twice or you were going to take a date on this to see this movie yeah you were going to be yeah. spending that $30 no matter what no, no for sure yeah um well i i just uh yeah i just it, you know it certainly makes sense but i just also even with that i mean i can't even really see them making their uh, budget back even with the $30 um because I was, um, yeah, just seeing reports of, uh, I believe Sonic released in China and just did not do well. So, but I mean, even, what's that? People didn't get it. Like they're just like, I don't get it. Like, I, 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 uh, I actually like Sonic for sure. <laughs> no, I really like that movie yeah, too, but I feel like Sonic is very much an American movie. Okay. Like it makes sense in the states, but mm-hmm. if you were to take it like to like China or Japan, it's just it's a very confusing movie. Yeah, like, <laughs> like it's 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 just not a movie that was gonna do very well there. So I uh, for that I I could see Mulan doing a little better, mm-hmm. but I don't I don't I honestly don't know. Honestly, I'm thinking that Mulan's gonna suck. So yeah. So, <laughs> well, we'll, we'll see. Um, so just kind of going off, you know, that it's gonna be thirty dollars. Would you uh, like to see Black Widow on Disney Plus? Uh, Are you good? With the Marvel. For, you know what? Honestly, if they were offering, if they were offering it on Disney Plus, mm-hmm. and then they said, "Oh yeah, we'll give it to you for thirty dollars. It's a four K version." Yeah, why not? Okay. You know why not? I'll I'll spend the thirty dollars, and then, you know, it's a four K edition of it, and everything like that. Most likely, I'm probably gonna show it to more people than just my family. <laughs> Like, there's no, <laughs> it's not like it's just me and my family that has our Disney Plus account. Everybody shares. <laughs> so, I mean, I think the $30 is reasonable. I would buy it. It's kind of like just buying the movie digitally. Yeah. Yeah, in a way. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not dying to see a Marvel movie um, right now. Really? Uh, yeah, you know, it's it'd be nice um, to see Black Widow. But either way, I feel, you know, maybe I, you know, maybe I would uh, to rent it. But I just, I don't really have any strong feelings. Um, when the uh, kind of the world reopens, yeah, but yeah, I would see it in the theater when it's safe, you know, when this is all uh, over. But you know, it's I love I love uh, the MCU. But you know, for the past like three, three or four years, it's been like three movies a year in addition to the TV shows. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of uh, kind of feels like. Um, I don't know, just a nice little break. I mean, you know that the universe exists in some form. I guess there's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but yeah, just, yeah you're just kind of away from it for a little bit. Maybe, you know, it's kind of... If you're watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it is completely different. Yeah. Like, if you were to, if you were to jump into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is like, cool. You know what show did really well? Legends of Tomorrow. Hmm. We should do that. Yeah, I've uh, I've uh, gone off the bandwagon for uh, Agents of Shield a long yeah. time ago. So well, no, because this season is very much like if you were to put Legends of Tomorrow next to Agents of Shield, this season is very similar. It's all about them going through time, trying mm-hmm. to stop aliens from messing up the timeline. Okay. 
And then they have like wacky adventures in like the fifties, the sixties. Mm-hmm. And like they're dressing up, they're having goofy adventures, and you're kind of going like this just kind of familiar. Mm-hmm. And stuff like that. So it has very much like a legends, you know, uh vibe to it without having like those characters, like those fun characters that you really enjoy. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, maybe I'll I'll get to that. Um, but before we just move on to the next topic, I was gonna ask you, so you know, the MCU, uh, it's kind of, it's in its own reality, but there's, you know, it, it feels like our kind of the reality we're living in now. Do you feel um, in any way um, that the, you know, maybe in the shows or the movies that they'll address kind of uh, our reality of being in this pandemic, do you think that'll affect the universe in any way? What are your thoughts on that? Because I think that would be kind of interesting, but also I don't really, I mean, I, I honestly, I do feel like there is a great TV show in that mm-hmm. where you could have what would happen if the pandemic was there and what would the Avengers do? Yeah. You could have like a big brother type TV show with all of like the, the Avengers cast and it's like the big brother, but with Avengers, with the Avengers, <laughs> they're all kind of stuck inside and they all have to kind of deal with their own quirks. That would be hilarious. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, like like you have like Hulk having confessionals about you know like Banner and just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and I think that there's like a, like there's a there's a show in there somewhere, but uh, I mean it it's just like Marvel Comics. I mean Marvel Comics even had 9/11 inside of their right. uh, comic books. You know they had like a bunch of stuff about the Afghan and Iraq war. I mm-hmm. mean, it wouldn't be very surprising because that is something that their comics do very often is to mention real world events. Yeah. Stuff like that. I wouldn't imagine DC doing that because no. DC is a lot more into their own, like this is our world. You don't really touch on a lot of like, we'll talk about stuff that's like that. Like we'll have another travel like terrorist attack in our own mm-hmm. universe and then write a story about that, about the characters like dealing with like a terrorism attack, but we won't actually show like 9-11. But Marvel is more of doing that. So if they were to put that in the show or the MC- M- MCU, I wouldn't be very surprised. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, see, you know, because I, you know, for some of the current events, I mean, like, um, you know, not even like, uh, you know, the president and the TV shows, it's still uh, the guy from, like, Iron Man 3. <laughs> so Yeah, he hasn't changed in, like, 12 yeah. years. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people will kind of want to forget about this whole thing, so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. honestly, I wouldn't mind kind of seeing what they do with it, but um, I, I honestly do feel that that also kind of puts them in a weird spot, too, because it's... Mm-hmm. It's swaying one way or another, and that could be, you know, that can be polarizing. Mm-hmm. You don't exactly gain all of the fans or the market that you were kind of going. Right, right. Stuff like that, because in a in a, in a movie like that or a TV show, you have to take a side necessarily, or yeah. even if you try to do both sides, somebody gets offended. Right, right. You know, somebody yeah, doesn't I mean, like what somebody else is saying, and then you know you yeah. have this giant thing. I mean, there's sadly, there's sadly sides for uh, surviving the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I think it would be hilarious if you had, like, you know, 
Rhodey and he's just like, you got to wear a mask. And, you know, Wanda is just like, no, like, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah, uh, <laughs> I just think that would be really funny. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I guess just for right now, I guess, you know, this is a nice kind of, you know, vacation, I guess, for a lot of these characters. So, you yeah, know, maybe, maybe they'll make it make people miss it, you know, because maybe he, maybe some people are just kind of tired out. Yeah. You know what? I think so. It's giving, I, I, I do believe it's kind of giving you uh, a relaxation from the superhero fatigue, you know, yeah. from having every year we have, you know, 15, 20 movies that are all about superheroes. They don't all have to be from the MCU. They can be from whatever company or anything like that. You know, uh, I think it is, kind of you know it's nice it's like a little it's like you know a, a nice little icebreaker between you know a big marvel event and everything like that i mean i'm oh, just yeah. looking forward to the snyder cut that's pretty much what i'm looking forward to right yeah. now next uh next year it'll keep you uh keep you motivated to uh you know just make it through this yeah yeah and i'm really hoping they I, i'm really hoping they decide to make it an hbo series because i think that would be awesome yeah because as of right now, Zack Snyder's like it's five. It's five hours. It's five hours. Yeah, I mean, no one, no one knows. No one knows how. Uh, <laughs> but kind of, uh, kind of uh, speaking off of uh, just kind of, uh, you know, uh, un- you know, unconventional uh, superhero sh- superheroes. Let's uh, talk about Doom Patrol. The Doom Patrol. So, how, like, they're they're a pretty obscure team, I would say. I love DC Comics. Yes. Um, they've been around since, you know, the probably the Bronze Age, uh, yeah. Silver Age around there. Probably the Silver Age, excuse me, if anyone's fact mm. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but they, you don't know much about them. <laughs> but it would be yeah. like, um, they're like DC's version of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, they're yeah. Like, yeah, you could definitely say that because yeah, where where everybody went like, oh yeah, we're gonna have a movie about Guardians of the Galaxy, and then everybody went, who the hell is the Guardians of the Galaxy? It's yeah, just yeah. like at a TV show, and they're in DC Universe was like, we're making a Doom Patrol show, and everybody went, who the hell is the Doom Patrol? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, Nick, what was your uh, did you, what was the were the characters ever on your radar? They were in kind of the Teen Titans. Um, yeah. That would probably be where I saw them first. It would be yeah. uh, the old, the first Teen Titans TV show in the early 2000s. Because mm-hmm. they did introduce them in that Teen Titans and it's on the w, on Kids WB. Right. They yeah, originally had them there. Yeah, Beast Boy was a member. Yeah, that's where you first introduced the Beast Boy, and then Beast Boy goes on to, uh, which I'll become, uh, they all get wiped out and die. Yeah. And then he ends up joining with the Titans. Mm-hmm. That's like a big thing and everything like that. That's actually why his uniform is still that color is because it's actually his Doom Patrol costume. And I was like, oh, that's a nice little like yeah. nod to it and everything else. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're pretty obscure. I mean, the most I knew about them was, uh, you know, besides the cartoons, is just, you know, the Grant Morrison run, um, mm-hmm. how he handled his characters. And, yeah, they were just always in the crossover events, just kind of hanging back. You never... I mean, they looked. They always look visually interesting, but never, never got to know them. And uh, I know there's a lot. There's a couple of graphic novels too, mm-hmm. and they just kind of show up. Yeah, like they're they're always in the background of like large like Crowd splash stuff. pages, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like if you look, you'll find like, oh, there's the Doom Patrol. They're in the corner, but that's yeah. kind of like no one's ever really given them like an interesting storyline or like front. Yeah. 
or a thing where it's like we're just gonna make things about the doom patrol we're not gonna you know we're gonna talk about these other people but and the doom patrol had something to do with it you know mm-hmm. yeah and uh kind of famously they're you know they predate i believe they predate the x-men um yes actually kind of see yeah the parallels between those uh the x-men yeah because they're in 1963 yeah, they yeah came actually out. there's a there's a huge thing about how who came first was yeah. it the doom patrol or was it the x-men and uh if you go by the like the, the makeup of the first team mm-hmm. very similar you know because i mean you have uh what was it you you have the doom patrol and it's a team that's made of like these superhuman uh people and, but the thing is that like the doom patrol never like made a school mm-hmm like taught yeah. other metahumans or anything like that. So I mean, they they do kind of branch out mm-hmm. in different ways. Yeah, they're they're noticeably different. I mean, they just have a lot of uh, glaring similarities with mm-hmm. you know someone in a wheelchair that's leading them. You know, they're yeah. kind of weird. But yeah, I mean, I always consider them pretty interesting. Probably wanted to know more about them. But um, as you were you were probably watching Titans and they popped up. What was your uh, first impression there? Titans, uh, I have not watched. You know what? Uh, their first show up in Titans was really interesting. They show up, and you. This is when you kind of get like your first introduction to the live action Doom Patrol. Mm-hmm. Um, which also the, the DC Universe made a really weird <laughs> thing. Yeah. Where the Doom Patrol that we met in Titans isn't the Doom Patrol from the show. Mm-hmm. They're an alternate. They're an alternate universe. Yeah. And that's how they explained the characters not being the same or mm-hmm. that they've never met the Titans or Beast Boy or anything like that. That's how they explained away that glaring <laughs> fact. But um, yeah, yeah. In Doom Patrol, they, I mean, in Titans, they were pretty interesting. It was very, but it, 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 it changed the vibe of the show a bit. Yeah. Early Titans was very much, especially Titans season one, it felt like the show didn't know what it wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Are, we a, are we a team show? Are we a, which are like a, uh, you know, like on the run show? Are we a traveling show? Do we save a city? Do we not? Like, what are we doing? And it was kind of like we're picking up characters from different spots, which was really weird because even at the end of that episode, no one really says that Beast Boy should go with them. He just lives with them. Yeah. Like the entire episode, he's like, oh, yeah, this is my family. I love these guys. These are the people I love. And then at the very end, he's like, well, deuce. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> he, goes with, he goes with this guy that he met for like an hour and a half. And you're just kind of going like, and everybody's like, yeah, that's fine. Go ahead. Leave. Get the fuck out of here. No one wants you. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then everybody, and, but everybody's like, okay, yeah, it's fine. And then he just leaves, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I, I, but I love, I love the Doom Patrol. And, you know, but Beast Boy never mentions or talks about the Doom Patrol ever again. Like, <laughs> like never comes up of like, oh, hey, I miss them, or like, hey, I talked to so and so the other day, or anything like that. Like, never comes up that he was. Yeah. It seemed like such a shift in uh, continuity. They it was almost like a proto version of the Doom Patrol. Yeah, I mean the only thing that they did correctly was keep the cast mm-hmm. because the cast does a, an amazing job. 
Brendan yeah. Fraser and everybody else, I, I really enjoyed them. I like the fact that they changed uh, the professor mm-hmm. uh, and everything else. Uh, I think the cast does, it does a lot of heavy lifting for that show. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was going to say, yeah, let's just talk about the cast because, yeah, I just love this, uh, all the actors, the cast of characters. Brendan Fraser is great. As yeah. A <laughs> yeah. And, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of them just do an amazing job from, you know, what exactly it is that they need to be doing. You know, uh, my actual favorite is Matt Bomber. Oh, uh, Negative Man. Yeah, Negative Man. Uh, I know him from Chuck. Okay. Because he is the friend that sends Chuck the data in that show, and he becomes like a villain that you have to fight later. But he does a really awesome job, and especially with the fact that you can't see his face, mm-hmm. there yeah. is a lot of emotion behind his performance. Yeah, and his voice acting. Yeah, there's a lot of emotion. Brendan Fraser does an amazing job. I mean, there's as Robot Man, he, he does awesome and everything like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I really enjoy it. I actually also really enjoy their version of Cyborg more than I enjoy, more than um, even their, the live-action Cyborg. Oh, the, from Justice League? Ray yeah, from Justice League. Because, I mean, I know that according to Zack Snyder and them, he was supposed to be, like, way better. And he was supposed yeah, to have like, way like, more scenes. and way having more, a lot more to do, apparently. Yeah, apparently he was able to have a lot more to do. But I do like this idea of them going about Cyborg and kind of going, who is Cyborg? You know, mm-hmm. is he is he man? Is he machine? Well, you know, who, what is he? And stuff like that. I also do like the idea that he's not a mother box. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I really enjoy that. I, I don't know why in the newest comics they decided, oh, yeah, we're going to make Cyborg our mother box. Mm-hmm. Even in the comics, they started doing that. And it was like, that. why? Why is he a yeah, mother box? It seemed very uh, unnecessary to kind of shoehorn that into his origin. Make yeah, it Apocalypse. Yeah, not, not only that, but also it, it always just brings him back to, I have a connection to Apocalypse. And then, you know, he becomes like a thing to attack Apocalypse or Apocalypse uses him to get to Earth. Right. Yeah, it, it's, always, it's always one or the other. <laughs> yeah, it, it's always turning, you know, Cyborg, who's a really cool character into this teleportation or like portal yeah he's kind of like really? dr strange yeah and then it, but it very much sidelines him for the rest of the movie or the rest of the show or the rest of the comic because you know he has to come back from being a mother box you know from it taking over and then it's like this whole thing right you know whereas if he's just a miracle of science you know that's a lot cooler because it's this thing of is he code, or how much of him is code? How much of him is machine? Is 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 he still in there? Is Victor Stone still alive? You know, or is he a computer that just thinks he's Victor Stone? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, like I, you know, the only addition um, I've been, you know, enjoying is just Grid, you know, who uh, turns against him several times mm-hmm. in the comic. Yeah, just having the fact that he has to, uh, you know. He's basically uh, he's human, but then you know he's made, he's an AI, and you know exploring when when uh, when that you know takes over is he still you know in control? So that's that's a you know such a deeper like psychological you know uh, problem yeah. for the show, and I guess kind of you know the thing I'm most impressed with um, with Doom Patrol is the fact that 
the show is kind of the show is about mental health it's you know <laughs> for like you know 10 episodes it's just them like doing like a group therapy session yeah it's very mm-hmm. much like we listen we gotta get our shit together mm-hmm. <laughs> that's very much what the sh- when, like the first like, couple episodes yeah. are about yeah and they're not you know it's i mean they're still you know like they're they're doing superhero things but then you know they're fighting like nazis and everything but then you know it's just things that you wouldn't see in a in a superhero film like it reminded me of um the scene with like thor playing like fortnite mm-hmm. endgame and him being all depressed but just more well done because <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah i mean in just endgame all the scenes of them just being normal just kind of came off as uh, a little boring but this is um you know, it's so interesting to just kind of see the, the psyche of all these characters. Yeah, and I do like the idea of them talking about, like, uh, like Elastigirl. Mm-hmm. You know, talking about her self-worth. Or talking about what, you know, it meant to be an actress in the 50s. Or in the 40s. Is she? Is it, is it in the 40s or in the 50s? Um, I believe it's uh, in the uh, 40s. Yeah. yeah, and it's all about, like, what exactly did it take to be an actress back then? Mm-hmm. What did it mean to be on top? Yeah. Um, or Rita. Uh, yeah, then you also have uh, which are Jane, who, you know, she's dealing with all these different personalities. And she does an amazing job, too, of, like, portraying who these different people are, just with physicality. Like, she doesn't need to, like, physically turn into these people, but just... Uh, was it just the way that she's like moving herself or, you know, portraying her posture or even her voice does an amazing job of just kind of going like, oh, that's that character. Okay, that's that yeah. character. You know? Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah Bowl, Bow, Boldy, um, the actress, is just great. Yeah. Yeah, just, um, yeah, it's just, it's cool that, you know, I mean, like, she deals with self-worth. Um, you know, you see depression through, um, like, Larry Trainer. Mm-hmm. Accepting who he is. Yeah, accepting who he is. He's um, he's a uh, queer, and you know, just the fact that it has like a uh, you know, a queer superhero, just kind of, uh, you know, figuring it like, you know, just dealing with uh all these like issues that he had, just being positive. Just, you know, it's just really cool. It just reminds me of uh, because it pulls off from the Grant Morrison run, and you know, it's just how progressive it is. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's an entire two episodes about about just being who you are, and I feel, and that's the uh, the Danny episodes. Yeah, both season yeah. one and two. Yeah, and season one, the Danny episodes are amazing. Like those are really really good episodes of just we're it's a it's a place where everybody can feel safe. The Danny Street is you know everybody here is it's kind of like the perfect utopia. Mm-hmm of people where you can be whoever you want to be and no one judges you. And, you know, it's just kind of like a giant party all the time. Because yeah. <laughs> it's not, and it's not like a malicious party at all. That's like trying to like mesmerize you in so that way you can like take over your mind. It's just, it's just so inclusive. And, you know, Danny wants mm-hmm. you to be whoever you want to be. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would live there. When that's true. Yeah. Like Danny street sounds awesome. You know, it, it relieves you of any pressures of normal society. And it basically says, who would you, if you could be whoever you wanted to be, who would it be? Yeah. And you know, a lot of people, you know, come out or they had really amazing, you know, storylines there and stuff like that. So it's, it is, uh, they have some really great stories. Uh, 
Also, uh, Alan Tudyk as Mr. Nobody. Yes, he. Uh, yeah, he's been making a lot of uh, money on the DC. <laughs> Oh, he's the yeah. Joker. He's like everyone in Harley Quinn. Places. Oh yeah, yeah. I I really do like Alan Tudyk. Uh, Alan oh, Tudyk yeah, as, but him as Mister Nobody, I feel is like what made season one season one. Yeah, because he was their overarching supervillain, mm-hmm. the guy that they needed to beat. And I feel like this is the thing that season two was missing. Okay. Yeah, if you want to talk into season two, um, yeah, we could uh, spring into that because uh, the last episode came out today, the date of the recording, and Famous kind of it was going to film that last episode right when the pandemic hit. They were like mm. ready to film and they had to shut down. So it ends kind of on a cliffhanger. Spoilers. Um, yeah, and it's kind of just you know it just kind of ends and uh, it reminded me of. Um, like how Titans just just ends with uh, that Batman Thanks. episode. <laughs> kind of sucks um, to hear that. <laughs> I mean, at least like they got you know close to finishing their episode order. So yeah, season two. I mean, it feels like yeah, it does feel different than season one. Um, just the fact that they're kind of using their powers more like in a comic booky way. Like mm-hmm. it felt very like body horror esque. Um, in the first some season. of it yeah. I mean but there were also I what I feel is that they it, once again it was this it was a, it was their story but it was a lot more of the story of uh, them choosing who their family truly is mm-hmm. you know um, what was it I know that Brendan Fraser's robot man is you know dealing with his daughter and mm-hmm. then you know them kind of oh, reconciling yeah. and becoming who you know them kind of coming to an agreement of I want you in my life mm-hmm. and I want you in my son's life because his daughter is having, you know, a, a child. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. Meaningful uh, discussions. Yeah. yeah you know, with like Larry and his son. Uh, I love the scene in the uh, cemetery where he just, he recognizes that's his, like, that's his dad. Doesn't really, mm-hmm. you know, need an explanation or anything. And, you know, the fact that he kind of uh, pulls like, a, I guess, you know, reminded me of X2. Just kind of betrays him. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Jane just kind of dealing with all of the other personalities yeah. in her head. So, I mean, I, I, I understand this as like a season. Season two is very much a, uh, it, it kind of jumps inside of itself. Mm-hmm. To, it's the characters trying to figure out who they are. Yes. Yeah. But the yeah. only thing is that they didn't have this overarching villain. Yeah. Somebody to impose on them where it kind of felt like, you know, they were at a certain point, it kind of felt like they drifted a bit. Like they would have these great uh, like realizations, but it would take a really long time to get there. And, you know, they would kind of drift or you would be all over the place and you were just kind of like, okay, I need you to pick it up. Like, come on, get back on track. Yeah. Back on track here. Or also, it's just kind of some episodes were kind of like, wait, what is the point of this episode? What are we doing? And then they do finally get to that point, and you're like, oh, okay, I get it. All right, all right. You know, so yeah, I, I – huh? yeah, yeah, it was definitely different. Um, I don't know if it kind of reached the uh, kind of the heights of uh, that first season, but, yeah, I mean, at least it did, you know, a lot of, uh, like, diff, you know, just different storylines. I've got to appreciate it for that. Um, would you feel that – how you know, how did you feel just with – just talking about the finale, though, just kind of the way it ended. 
Okay. I don't... Well, it's spoilers here. Yeah, I personally don't like the character of Dorothy. Okay. Just I didn't... I didn't like it. I didn't like her. Like, I think that she was a fine child actor. That was fine. Okay. She annoyed me more than anything. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of like, okay, I, can you get me back to the characters I really like that brought me into this show? I really don't care about, you know, about Timothy, which uh, Timothy Dalton and his daughter. I, yeah. I, I really don't care right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it, it's kind of sad because I do feel like their story could have been a lot better. Mm-hmm. But at a certain point, it just becomes, you know, there was a lot of episodes where they just kind of very much sidelined her. Yeah. It was there, but sidelined. And then there were episodes where, oh, yeah, this is a Dorothy episode, but we're just going to sideline all the other characters or all their storylines are very much like second note or anything like that. It it didn't feel like any of the stories kind of blended really well. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of times where her story kind of didn't care. And I was like, all right, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty fair. I mean, it just, uh, yeah, it just kind of felt yeah, a little tacked on. Yeah. Yeah. And not only that, but also she kind of feels like a, uh, I hate to say nuisance to the team. Mm-hmm. But the team is trying to, like, there's a lot of episodes where they're trying to, like, make a breakthrough with their own personal, like, psychosis. And then they have this little girl who's, like, 100, like, 80 years old who's just, like, what are you doing? And it's like, I, I don't have time to explain this to you. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, it's kind of, it was kind of difficult to kind of incorporate her because yeah, I mean, the team is like, you know, the team, the only like, uh, you know, cause like they don't really team up. The only like um, person that kind of like adds to their like little ensemble is like Flex Mentallo. Yeah. I was, I was enjoying that guy. <laughs> Lex Mentallo uh, in, like, the Sex Patrol. Like, that was interesting. That was an interesting yeah, episode. Uh, created by <laughs> Grant Morrison and everyone, uh, Orgasms. Yeah. Um, yeah, That's I enjoyed whenever good. I saw Flex, you know, what that Yeah, he showed, up, he showed up quite a few times, though. It was, yeah. That was good. I liked the fact that they were, they, they were... I think that they took the note that Flex Mentallo was a really dope character. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like whoever was writing... That episode was like we got to put him in more because it's really <laughs> just because yeah. it feels like he's a god. Mm-hmm. It just, like yeah. every single time. Yeah, his powers are pretty undefined. Like what he could do, like he could just alter reality by flexing. Yeah, like he goes, oh yeah, it's this muscle. I can just like stop time. And it's like, wait, what? You can yeah. do what? <laughs> what a, yeah, it was one of my favorite. Yeah, I mean, uh, hopefully, I guess in the next season, whenever that happens. <laughs> Yeah, everything kind of film. Um, yeah, we, you know, they'll incorporate her better. You know, we can hope. Um, yeah, that's the I thing, though. Potential. Yeah, but the thing is, is that for the the DC like universe kind of thing for their DC online, it always is really weird. Yeah, because it's kind of like they they drop the ball on one season, which was last year was Titans, mm-hmm. and they kick it out of the park with Doom Patrol because Doom right. Patrol was just a home run the whole way. Yeah. Then this one was kind of like, okay, we dropped the ball on Doom Patrol. We kind of hit it out of the park with Stargirl. Yeah. Because Stargirl is like, I, like, I watched it and I was like, oh my god, like this is amazing. Like I totally understand why it's going to the CW. Yeah, I get it. It's kind of, uh, yeah, hit or miss. It seems like a little fickle with, uh, 
with some of their shows. I mean, God knows if we'll even see uh, the DC Universe app uh, continue next year. Is that, I'm really you know, hoping they do because I love yeah. Harley I like, yeah, I love Harley. Harley Quinn's definitely going to go to HBO Max because they just put all the episodes on HBO Max. Yeah, that's it. this is what's going to be really weird because they HBO is like partnered up with the DC app and it's kind of like, okay, are they going to go away next year? Yeah. I mean, you yeah. could have all these comics at least on the DC app. Yeah, I mean, that's really cool. I mean, technically, they don't have a Marvel app yet that you can yeah. read all the comics that you want. I mean, that's cool. But I don't see their their content isn't as impressive. Yeah, no, for sure. So, and, yeah, we'll see. It's kind of a yeah, cliffhanger for the, for the show, for the app. But, you know, I'm least, you know I love these characters. I'm pretty invested in them, so... We'll yeah. just uh, we'll just keep watching them. <laughs> you really want to see a good show? Go see Star Girl this year. That was good. Yeah. That was yeah. that was. It could be the next uh, show. Who knows? <laughs> well, that was the thing though, is that they already said it's going to CW. It's going to be a part of the Arrowverse, and it's a done deal. It's going to be off of C off of the WB app. I mean the DC app, and it's going to go to CW. Okay. So it's going to be a part of the Arrowverse. Uh, the Crisis on Infinite Earths already said it's Earth 2. Uh, in the new world that has been created, it's now Earth 2. So I'm pretty excited to see what happens from there. Yeah, yeah let's uh, definitely check that out. But uh, Nick, we're uh, running out of time right now. Um, we're just mm -hmm. wrapping up. But, um, you know, it's uh, just good to, uh, you know, talk comics with you. Um, do you have anything to uh, plug or promote on your end that you want uh, any listeners to check out? You know what? As of right now, no. <laughs> As of right now, no. Uh, what was it? I, I, for the most part, the quarantine has kind of soaked up everybody yeah. uh, completely, everything like that. So uh, as of right any... now, no. We, I am working on another podcast. Okay. It still works, so uh, yeah. keep tuned. Yeah, yeah. Got a lot of time to, to work on stuff like that, you know? But, yeah. Uh, cool, man. We'll uh, yeah, hopefully hear more about that soon. But um, yeah, just uh, closing up here, I just want to um, just promote The Waffle Press. You could find it on Twitter, at The Waffle Press, on Instagram, at The Waffle Press Podcast. Um, we're on Spotify, iTunes, um, Apple Podcasts. Um, please like, share, download, subscribe. Um, you could find me on Twitter and Instagram, Gene9892. Um, Nick, where can they find you at? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram for the, uh, it's the Nick Valero. There you go. Um, yeah, please, uh, follow us, you know, we're always, uh, tweeting funny things and, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We've been professionally unprofessional.